If you have your Bibles, if you grab your Bibles and go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Second Corinthians chapter number 12. And we will commence at verse number 6. When you got to say, whoop, there it is. Amen. Second Corinthians, hallelujah, chapter 12, verse number 6. The word of the Lord reads, For though I might desire to boast, to brag, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth, but I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. This was not something he asked for. Amen. Somebody, this is not something that he requested. He was given a thorn. A messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that he might depart from me. Anybody ever ask God to work on you to take something away from you, a, a habit, an addiction, a pattern? He said, I sought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, God said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly would I rather boast in my infirmities, listen here, that the power of God may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. I'm going to look at verse number nine again. He said, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly will I rather boast in my infirmities that the power of God may rest upon me. I want to share a topic with you this morning. Uh, God's grace is good enough. Amen. Why don't you encourage your neighbor and just look at somebody next to you and say, God's grace is good enough. Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness. We thank you, God, for your grace. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for your mercy and your love. God, we know that apart from you, we can do absolutely nothing. God, we are low down. God, our, our righteousness is as filthy rags before you. It's in you that we live. It's in you we move, God. It's in you we have our very being. We're your people and the sheep of your pasture, God. We ask in the name of Jesus that you would move in this place today, God. Speak to me, speak through me, and speak to your people. Cause us all to receive with meekness your engrafted word, that it works to the saving of our souls. We thank you that your word is life to them that find it in health to the body. Help us to hide your word in our hearts, God, that we might not sin against you, that no sin has dominion over us. Now your word, God, that is alive, your word, God, that is powerful, your word, God, that is sharper than any two-edged sword, let it pierce to the dividing asunder, spirit and soul, joint and marrow, Father.
discern the thoughts and intents of our hearts this morning, Father. Send a word to break up the fallow ground and help us to all be better having received your word today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God's grace is good enough. If you have been in church for a significant amount of time and you've ever attended Bible study or you've ever attended vacation Bible school, if you come to Sunday school, there's a very, very popular story in the Bible about a man named Saul. Okay? If you read the book of Acts, amen, the story outlines Saul's experience. Who we're talking about today, he, he later became Paul. But the book of Acts outlines Saul's experience. And it lets us know that Saul was formerly a persecutor of the Lord's church. Amen. The scripture also indicates that he participated in the stoning of Stephen. And the Bible said that under a mandate, Paul was on his way leaving Jerusalem, headed to Damascus. And the Bible said that a light shone from heaven, amen, and it blinded Saul and it knocked him off of his horse down to his feet, amen. And he looked up and he said, Lord, who are you? And Jesus said to him, I am the, I'm the Lord that you're persecuting. And so the Bible says from that experience that he gets to Damascus, but when he opens his eyes throughout these three days, he doesn't have the ability to see, amen. The Lord blinded him. And so while he's in Damascus, the Bible says that God sent Ananias. Somebody say Ananias. The Bible says that God sent Ananias to Saul, amen, to go and to heal Saul so that he might recover his sight. Amen. And so we know that Saul has a testimony. Amen, somebody. Saul has a story to tell. Amen. And throughout the scripture, he later becomes Paul, and that's who we're talking about today. And I think it's really important for continuity purposes that we start there and talk about his story. Because he begins chapter number 12 very interestingly. He said, although it is necessary that I boast, he said, it doesn't really profit me at all. It is important to you all that I do tell my story, but it's not for my own benefit. Amen, somebody. Because Paul understood, amen, that when God does something for you, you ought to tell somebody about it. Amen. If you've ever been in a dark place before, if you've ever been in a hole that you couldn't climb out yourself, if you've ever been, amen, where God has called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, amen, that we ought to tell somebody our story. Amen. If we had the time this morning, I'd take the microphone and we'd pass it around this room. Amen. And I'm sure there's so many different stories represented in here this morning. Amen, somebody. There are many different testimonies represented in here and people that can attest to say that God has been good to me. Come on here, somebody. That I have not just been preached to, amen, about the grace of God, but I have experienced the grace of God in my life. Amen. You think that the grace of God is sitting out there in the parking lot. Amen, somebody. You might think that the grace of God is what you go home to. Amen, somebody. But if you ever lived through hell, amen, somebody, you've been to hell and back and lived to tell about it. Amen, somebody. Amen. That's the grace of God. Amen, somebody. And so Paul is starting this story off this morning by saying it is necessary that I boast. Amen, somebody. But I'm not talking about my education this morning. Come on here. I'm not talking about my pedigree. Come on now. I'm not talking about my ability to articulate. Come on here, somebody. And what I've accomplished. But my boast is in the Lord. 
and see this is the reason why you can't let people shut you up amen somebody and why you shouldn't let people make you feel bad about the mess that God then brought you out of come on here somebody because God has a way of taking the very thing that the devil tried to kill you with to use it as a weapon against him he said in Revelations 12 that the accuser of the brethren stands before God night and day amen somebody amen making accusations against us y'all don't want to talk to me amen he's telling God amen all about us but the Bible said that we have overcome the enemy not just by the blood of the lamb but by the word of our testimony so we shouldn't be ashamed Amen, somebody, of what God has delivered us from. Amen, somebody, because that thing right there gives you power. Amen, that thing gives you power over the enemy. Come on here, somebody. It's our testimony. So what? You used to be strung out on drugs. Come on here, somebody. So what? You grew up in poverty. So what? You grew up with absentee, uh, absent parents. Come on here, somebody. So what? You struggle through abuse. Amen. We've overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but God told me to tell you, stop trying to convince folk. Amen. Somebody that you didn't change. Stop making excuses and trying to impress folk. Amen. Somebody. Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So be free in Jesus' name. Amen, somebody. He said that we're not just going to overcome the enemy. Amen, somebody. By the word of our testimony. But the Bible said we've overcome him by the blood of the lamb. Somebody in here, so I say the blood. Come on. Come on, say the blood. Anybody ever experienced the power of the blood in your life? Amen, somebody. See, the power in the blood of the lamb that we're talking about is not the lamb that we talked about in the Old Testament. Amen, somebody. It's not the lamb that we talked about in the Old Covenant. Amen, somebody. It's not talking about the blood of doves. It's not talking about the blood of bullocks. It's not talking about the blood, amen, of a lamb that you go and find, amen, somebody, on somebody's farm, amen, somebody. Because the Bible said that under the first covenant, it was imperfect. Are you hearing me? The first covenant wasn't good enough because the blood of those type of animals only covered your past sin. Everybody say past sin. So that means the lie I told yesterday was covered. Amen, somebody. The thing I took that didn't belong to me yesterday was covered. Amen. But the Bible said that having that type of sacrifice didn't do nothing but remind us of how imperfect we were. Amen, somebody. So understand the difference of the old blood versus the new blood. The old blood covered past sins. Amen, somebody. But when God sent Jesus, prophetically Jesus jumped into your future. And now every sin you ever commit is covered under the blood. That's why the Bible said that the death Jesus died, he died once and for all. He didn't come and die for your sin and then have to come back and die for your sin and then had to come back a year later and die for yours and come back a year later and die for mine. Amen. The death he died, he died once and for all because the grace of God would be enough. The grace of God would be good enough. And so, as we walk through the next couple of verses in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, amen, verse number 2, 
Paul is saying here, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in body, I don't know. Amen. Whether out of body, I don't know, but God knows. Amen. Such a one was caught up in the third heaven. Amen. So Paul is talking to us about an experience he had with God. Amen, somebody. He goes on in verse number three and says, and I know such a man, whether in body or out of body, I don't know. Amen. God knows. He said how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, amen, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Amen. Some of us have gone through things, amen, and gone through experiences that are so deep that even if you tried to tell somebody about it, amen, you couldn't put it in words, amen. Some of us have gone through some stuff that's so, amen, so, so deep, amen, somebody, and, and so powerful that even if you wanted to tell somebody about the experience you had with God, you really couldn't put it in the words, amen, somebody. But he goes on to say in verse number five, of such a one I will boast. Talking about my experience with God, I will boast. He said, yet of myself, my own abilities, my own power, amen, somebody. He said, I will not boast, amen, for I will speak uh, 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 except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, verse number six, and this is our launching pad. For though I might desire to boast, I may want to tell you about it. I may want to talk about, amen, somebody, some of the things that I've accomplished. He said, though I desire to boast, I will not be a fool. For I will speak the truth, but I refrain lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. And I thank God that Paul gave this scripture, amen, somebody, because I want to tell you this morning that just because I have the microphone in, your, in my hand, please don't put me on your pedestal, amen, somebody. Again, I got the microphone, but this is not my message, amen, somebody, amen. He said that I will not boast on these things, but I will boast in the Lord. Verse number seven, and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, watch this, by the magnitude of the anointing on my life, unless I should become exalted above measure by the things that I've been able to accomplish, the things I've heard, seen, and felt in the spirit realm, listen what he says here, amen somebody, there was given to me. Hallelujah. A thorn in the flesh, amen, a messenger of Satan, glory to God, to buffet me. I often refer to 2009 as the year I survived. I know I'm not the only one in here that feels that way about a season in your life. I felt that if God, and you're listening to me right, if God wasn't trying to kill me, I said it right, that he was watching me die. Okay, because in 2006, I was licensed to preach and was fairly young, 16 at the time. Amen. And my gift made room for me. And so, you know, I became itinerant and people would invite you to speak and preach at their churches. Amen. I traveled the country. I had a website. I had my own products and tables set up. Amen. Somebody. And I was doing the thing. Okay, and so you know, at the church, after you, you you minister, people come. Oh, you just so awesome, and oh, you just so great, and I just I just love you, Amen. Somebody, and you start feeling like, Amen. The power of God ain't gonna fall unless you preach. 
Y'all ain't talking to me. Amen, somebody. That, 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 that unless you sing the song, the anointing won't work. You, you, you know, unless you do the prayer that the power of God ain't going to fall. And see, you have two options. The Bible said humble yourself under the hand of God because either you humble you or God will humble you. And baby, there's nothing like a God humbling. Are you hearing me? I went from the top of my game to the bottom. Got sat down in the church. Couldn't preach. Was in ministry full time. Invitations coming in, couldn't accept them. Because my pastor picked something up in my spirit that wasn't right. My God have mercy. Unless I should become exalted above measure because of the abundance of revelations that was given to me. Watch this. There was given me a thorn in my flesh. So the first point I want to make is that the anointing always comes with a thorn. The anointing always comes with a thorn. And what the thorn is intended to do is intended to keep your highfalutin self humble. So he said that there was something giving to me a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Amen, somebody. It was a thorn in my flesh. And I have a, a, a very a microscopic shard of glass in my finger. Amen. And it doesn't hurt every day. Amen. It doesn't bother me every day. Amen. Most of the time I can pick things up and drop it and work out and things like that for the most part and not feel anything. But every now and then, depending on how I grab something, amen, somebody, depending on my movement, that shard of glass lets me know I'm still in here, baby. Amen. And God will allow certain things in your life to happen to you. Amen, somebody. He will allow you to experience defeat sometimes just to remind you, amen, that we have a treasure in earth and vessels. You're not the treasure, but there's treasure in you. Out the treasure, and this is what he talks about, amen. In Second Corinthians 4, amen. Somebody that, that that we have this treasure in the earthen vessels that the power of and the excellency may be of God and not ourselves. So the anointing it comes with a thorn. He said that this thorn was given to me. Okay, which denotes that this wasn't something that he asked for. Amen. This wasn't something that he requested. Amen. Somebody. And sometimes God will allow things to happen in your life that you didn't ask for. Come on here, somebody. He'll allow things to happen in your life that you didn't necessarily request. Amen, somebody. Because he knows if he gave you a choice in the matter. Amen, somebody. You give this thorn up in a second. Come on here, somebody. If God gave you a choice in the matter. Amen, somebody. He knows you'd say no. Amen, somebody. If he asked you if you wanted to be sick, what would you say? Do you want to be broke? Do you want to go through a divorce? Do you want to go through foreclosure? Do you want to struggle with pride? But every now and then, God allows things to happen to us. Amen, somebody. And he doesn't ask us our permission because he knows if we did, we say And there was a man in the Bible with a withered hand, pastor. 
The Bible said that Jesus was in the synagogue teaching. And the Bible said that those religious folks were wondering whether, whether he was going to commit a sin on the Sabbath and heal this man with the withered hand. Okay? Now, the Bible said that while Jesus was preaching, he said he told the man to come here and stand in the midst. Now, most of us in that position, amen, if God was calling you out and you had something you was embarrassed of, amen, somebody, we would have came like this. Because we think, <laughs> but watch this, the Bible said that God said to him, give me your hand. Now most of us would have did this. Because we think when God calls us, he's asking for what's right. But when God calls you, he's asking for what's wrong because this is what he came to heal anyway. Look at your neighbor say, my thorn gave me purpose. Woo! This keeps us in relationship with God. It's my thorn. It's my hand. Amen, somebody. It's my withered hand at that. Amen. The Bible says in verse number seven that there was given to him a thorn in the flesh. Amen. A messenger of Satan to buffet him, lest he should be exalted above measure. Amen. Verse number eight goes on to say concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. So he's showing us in this passage here his heart. I don't want this thing. Uh, uh, take this cup from me. I don't want to be dealing with this, Lord. Uh, remove uh, this thing, amen, somebody, from me. It shows us his will to be free. It shows us his desire to be free. It shows us his want to be free. But it also shows us his inability to be free because sometimes, y'all, we can't manage our own thorn. Sometimes we can't manage our thorn. Amen, somebody. He said, God, take this thing away from me. Amen. There's some things in your life you'd fix if you could. Amen, somebody. There's some things in your life you put down if you could. Amen, somebody. There's some things in your life that you give up if you could. Amen, somebody. He said, take this thing from me. And I've been there before. Because if you're not careful, you allow the devil to trick you out and make you think that God can't use you because you got a thorn that God can't use you, amen, somebody, because you're struggling. But my Bible lets me know that before I was formed in my mother's womb, amen, God knew me, amen, somebody. Let me tell you something. Before your mama met your daddy and your grandmama met your grandpappy, God knew how many cigarettes you was going to smoke. He knew how many times you was going to pick up a bottle. He knew the children you have out of wedlock. Because before he formed me, he knew me. He knows my down-sitting, my God, and he knows my uprising. The Bible said he knows my thoughts from afar off. He said, I know you. Watch this. And although you got a thorn, I still want to use you. Good God Almighty. Anybody here thankful this morning that God can use you with a thorn? I still want to use you. So he says... Take this thing from me, Lord. We didn't been there. We fasting right now. Hardest fast I've been on in my life. I ain't never done something so 
profound before, amen, something so, so serious. I said, ooh, I joined at the right time. I kind of should have came after April. <laughs> that would have, Lord, hallelujah, amen. But the Bible said he asked God to take this story from me. And many of us are in that same place in prayer. God, take this thing from me. But look at what happens here in verse number nine. The Bible said that God says to him in response to his prayer to take this thing away. Amen. My grace is sufficient or enough for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen. And you would think because Paul here, amen, he went from being a persecutor of the Lord's church to an apostle of the Lord's church. Amen. He's the author of a third of the New Testament. If anybody deserved a prayer to be answered, it was Paul. God sending him from region to region, place to place with messages for his church. Surely if there was somebody that God would listen to, it was going to be Paul. But notice the Lord's response. Because most of us, you know, it wasn't be free. Uh, you didn't pray three times about it. Come on out of this thing. Come on, because y'all know how we like to do. Go, go on and turn to your neighbor and touch your neighbor and tell them I'm coming out. Come on, come Y'all like, y'all know how we like, we like going to churches. That, come on, turn to your other neighbor and tell your neighbor, come on. I'm getting ready to spin out of this thing. Come on here, somebody. Come on. Come on, y'all know how we do. Because nobody wants to tell you the truth that some of the stuff you're going through, you're not coming out of it tomorrow. Some of the stuff you're dealing with, you're not coming out next week. You might not even be out next year this time. God sent us a thorn. And what the thorn is supposed to do is to keep your highfalutin self humble. He said, I can't have you out here preaching about something you know nothing about. I can't have you preaching about grace that you haven't experienced. Come on here, somebody. I can't be sending you to my church talking to folk about grace and you've never experienced the power of grace in your life. He said, no, nah, I'm not getting ready to take this thorn from you. Still going to have to deal with the thorn, bro. You still going to have to deal with the thorn, bro. But I'm going to give you something that is good enough. Amen, somebody. I'm going to give you something that's good enough. So the Bible said here that his response to him was, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength my strength, this is what the Lord says, is made perfect in your weakness. And I thought about that thing and it baffled me for a while last night and I was tossing and turning. And God was saying the problem is not that we are weak. The, the problem is not that we are powerless. The problem is we are not weak enough. He said my strength is made perfect in your weakness. This is why John the Baptist, when he prayed, he said, Lord, you know, I must decrease. Come on here, somebody. Y'all walking with me. That he might increase. Amen. The problem is not that we are weak or powerless. The problem is that we're not weak enough. Come on here, somebody. Until you start doing stuff, amen, somebody, that don't match your pedigree, amen, somebody, that don't match your educational attainment, amen, somebody, that don't match your path, you ain't really started operating in the power of God yet, amen, somebody, because the real power of God will have you doing stuff that you can't do. Why? 
because you're too weak to do it. He said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly will I rather boast in my infirmities and my withered hand. Right? And so now that gave me a different perspective on how I view my thorn. Amen, somebody. It's my thorn that keeps me in covenant with God. Amen, somebody. It's the reason why I need him. Come on here, somebody. It's my deficit. It's my, my, my disability. Come on here, somebody. That's why I need God. He said, but that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And I always thought power was oh by Shanda Masikia. That's what I thought. You know, power, the power of God was oh right. But the power of God, amen, somebody, is in operation when you start doing stuff, amen, that you can't do. Are y'all listening to me? Amen. Nobody in your family went to college, amen, somebody, but God chose you to break that curse, amen, somebody, amen, you might come from a, but my family, amen, we struggle with drug addiction, amen, somebody, we have addictive traits and addictive traits and our family runs in our family, amen, somebody, but God decides to use you to break that curse, amen, somebody, that's power, amen, somebody. Nobody in your school, nobody in your family graduated from fifth grade. Amen, somebody. All your aunties and uncles, uncles are drunks. Amen, somebody. But God chose you to go get your doctorate degree. Come on here, somebody. That's power. When you start doing stuff that you are too weak to do. He said, therefore, I take pleasure. This is a different approach. I take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, and in distress. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. Look at what happened when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying. The Bible said sweat was pouring from him as of drops of blood. But the Bible said heaven was shut up. He's in the Garden praying. The Son of God is in the Garden praying. You think God, all right, come on, Jesus. All right, all right, you pray, you cry, look, look, you sweat and drop, come on out of this garden. You ain't going to have to go to the cross no more. The Bible said heaven was shut up until Jesus said, I don't like what's going on. And this thing don't really feel good. But nevertheless, not my will, but God being done. Then the Bible said God sent angels to strengthen him. To strengthen him for what? To come and get him out the garden? To come and tell him he wasn't going to be able to do it. He wasn't going to have to do it anymore. The Bible said God sent angels to strengthen him because he was still going to have to go and die. Lord have mercy, Jesus. Amen, somebody. And that's where our power is. It's in our ability to say, Lord, I decrease. I can't do this thing on my own. I'm incapable of doing this thing. Lord, take this thing from me. Paul is the same writer that said, the thing that I want to do, I, 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 I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I keep on doing those kind of things. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? But we need to understand that in this season, this is the dispensation of grace. 
Amen. God's got enough grace, amen, for you, your children's children, your children's children. It reaches to the highest mountain. Come on here, somebody. Amen. It'll find you wherever you are. Amen, somebody. How many of you here can attest that the grace of God will find you wherever you are? Amen, somebody. That's what a writer wrote. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. It's this amazing grace. And we have to accept that we're not going to be perfect. You're going to finish this fast and still struggle with some stuff. I hate to be the one to tell you. You're going to finish this fast, believe in God for some stuff that you are still going to struggle with. Because God said it's a thorn. And it's designed to keep your highfalutin self humble. Everybody stand to your feet this morning. God's grace is available this morning. It's available. And you may be in need of it. Maybe you've never, ever met the person we're talking about today. Amen. Maybe you've never experienced God. You haven't accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Amen. This is your opportunity to get to know and experience the grace that we're talking about this morning. The grace we're so excited about this morning. Amen, somebody? That is my first request. If you're in this place and you've never made Jesus Lord in your life, you've never accepted him as Lord and Savior, we want you to come. There's enough grace to go around for all, and then he's still got some more. Amen? If you're in this place and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we want you to come. Hallelujah. If you are saved, it's only by his grace. Bible said we've been saved by grace through faith and that it was a gift from God so that none of us could boast <laughs> none of us could boast if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus Christ you have never made him Lord and Savior this is your time to come